Oh, hallelujah. And it's only beginning, isn't it? Wow. You saw Children's Church with four and two of them were mine. I got the phone call. Everything he said, I had already written down the seven years. Everything he said was the truth. And I got that phone call. And when I saw what I inherited (laughs) to leave Argentina, and I saw what I inherited, I thought I must have been Esau. I inherited the wrong thing. That's what I thought. And you know, I love this scripture where it says in Job, and you know it very well, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. The message says, you'll end up better than you are now. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to end up better than you are now. I tell you a little inside joke with my dad. He called me, and when he started this church, it's amazing. He would tell people that I was going to leave the mission field. He never would speak this way, but he told people that I'm going to leave the mission field and come take this church on military highway. He was constantly saying that. He called me, and he says, Russ, he says, can I put you down as vice president? That way, if something happens to me, you'd inherit the ministry? I said, no, Dad. I said, that's your church. I've got my ministry. You give it to, you put somebody else as vice president. So I wouldn't let him, and I know you're thinking I'm bad, but, you know, I didn't know God was going to change our, our lifestyle after 18 years. I said, no, you put the church in, in your name. And he called me another time, and he says, can we name it like the church in Argentina, Fresh Winds of God? I said, no, Dad, that's the name of the church here. You come up with your own name. And things just went on and on and on over the telephone, and Lord and behold, he gets me here anyway. He won. He must have God won. He must have knew something that I didn't know, and he did. God took us 18 years on the mission field to prepare us for central Louisiana, but look what God has done. Look what God has done. Look at you. Look at you. Look how much Shane has aged in eight years. Not me, but Shane. But yet, look at all the kids. That's everywhere. Amen. It is so awesome. And Speaking about your beginning small, that word beginning small, you need to write this down. God is the God of progress. Never said he's the God of immediate, even though there was things immediately done, but he's the God of progress. That's why he says, you may be small now, but you're going to progress. He's the God of enlargement. And all of this comes through divine awakening. Now, if you don't mind, I want to go back and, and, and share a little bit with you. You know, you see these lights. We see so many things that we dreamed of and prayed and God gave in. But I want you to, and, and how many enjoy our worship team? Isn't our worship team great? Well, I want to go back and show you the worship team we had in 1982. 1982, the first church my wife and I started with the Mayan Indians in Kricahute. I want you to see the first church of Kricahute. I want you to see our worship team. Now, that's the beginning right there. Yep, that's still the same woman. That's Cindy right there, and that's me. And we had to lead the singing. We had to do the preaching. We had to do everything. You see, you see, the, you see our lights? <laughs> After one service with candles, I went and bought three kerosene lanterns. I took all the money I had, but I bought three kerosene lanterns. Now, check this out. 
Finally, God gave us another guitar player and a, a brother from Guatemala who spoke no Mayan and no English, only Spanish, so his wife would have to interpret, but he'd play the tambourine. Then we had another guitar player. Still got the lanterns, all the corn back there. But in two weeks, we had 66 conversions. Yes. Now, that was our kitchen. And that's where you had to get your water, and that was our stove. And Go look at the kitchen now. Some people, you know, we, we tend to complain, you know, it's so small. But you ought to have that. And there's Cindy just washing away, and Sister Tomasa, she had to have the lantern because we couldn't see. And looky there. How many remember them big old DVD players, uh, v VCR players? How many remember those big VCR players? And that's a 19-inch black and white TV. And look, I already had my cutter lights going. I had two yellow lights. You see, I was already getting colored lights. I had two yellow lights, and this was our children's ministry in Krikahuti. In fact, Sister Iris came down. Where are you, Sister Iris? Sister Iris came down for uh, the dedication. There you are. There, uh, there you are. She came down for the dedication. And uh, you were in this church when we were eating that pork soup that day. And uh, anyway, that... Anyway, that's a beginning that at the moment, you see these pictures? Uh, that's Mayans right there. And you know, this is the beginning that you never dream of anything like this. And then this is San Pedro. Hoo -hoo I still got my lights. You see, we're going to have lights. That's the roof, a canvas tent. This is in San Pedro. Hoo -hoo and uh, I got my TV. I got a VCR somewhere, probably on the chair right there. And we're ministering for the Lord, thinking we're in high cotton. And God was so good. The bathroom there was horrible. The other churches didn't have a bathroom. We had to go behind a tree. And you pull leaves off as you go. Right, Sister Iris? Yeah, everything God made. And that was the beginning. And you may be at a place of beginning right now wondering, what is going to end up with my life? Listen, if God could take us 17, the 19 years of age, and keep us alive <laughs> for our ignorance and stupidity and all kind of stuff and be able to be with you today and have people tell me, as I've been told so many times this week, my life has been changed. My life has been saved every week, the testimonies of what God is doing. And now works of grace that are extending grace and going to this city to win it for the glory of God and everything that God is doing. Though your beginning is small, your latter end shall be great. And God is the God of increase and blessing. Amen. So he doesn't want us to be scared of the next step. And he wants us to know there's something better coming away, but... I want to share with you this morning God, uh, the scripture that God gave to dad. It says in Acts 20, verse 28 and 32, it says, So guard yourselves and God's people. Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church. We never forget that. It's God's flock and it's God's church. Purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself.
And just for a few moments, I just want to share with you just a few things on what the message of grace is. And if you're taking notes, it's one of the most awesome messages of God. It's his message of grace. And simply to put it, it's unmerited favor, which means there is nothing you could ever do to earn it, nothing you could ever do to deserve it. There's nothing you could ever do to have it. It's just given to you because God the Father loves you. I want to tell you a story, and I want to take you into a place thousands of years ago, and King David is already the king, and he's got his crown and his royal robe, and it's dinner time in the palace. And in the palace, there's these gold shields all over the wall and marble walls and marble floors and this beautiful table with all the settings. And around this table is Abigail, his first wife, and Amon and Absalom and Tamar and, and, and all of his family around this table. And they're all dressed as prince, princesses and prince. And they got all their royal clothes on their crowns and their jewelry and the fine china. And this place is just looking so awesome. But before they're allowed to see it, to sit down, King David is looking around and he says, no, we can't start yet. And here's the royalty. Down the halls of the palace, there's this noise. Around the corner comes Mephibosheth, who cannot walk. He's pulling himself on his hands. And he pushes himself till he gets to the table. Then he climbs up in the chair. He sets the tablecloth. And the King David says, Now we can eat. Everyone's here. His crippledness is not seen at the table anymore. And Sister Julie um, Maris wrote this poem called Grace in the Barren Place. I was Mephibosheth, crippled by my twisted pride and hiding from you in the barren place where you could not find me, where you could not give me what I deserved. But somehow you found me. I don't understand why, but you gave me what I do not deserve. You not only spared my desolate life, but you made it bountiful. And here at your table, I will thank you, my king. Leland, that we saw a few years ago, sings this song, one of my favorite. It's called Carry to the Table. And he starts off by singing, wounded and forsaken, I was shattered by the fall. Broken and forgotten, feeling lost and all alone. Summoned by the king into the master's courts. Lifted by the savior and cradled in his arms. I was carried to the table. Seated where I don't belong. Carried to the table. Swept away by his love. And I don't see my brokenness anymore. When I'm seated at the table of the Lord. Fighting thoughts of fear and wondering why he's called my name. Am I good enough to share this cup? This world has left me lame. Even in my weakness, the Savior called my name. And in his holy presence, I am healed and unashamed because you carried me. You carried me, my God. That is grace. Seated where I don't belong. Called to the marriage supper of the Lamb where I did absolutely nothing and can do absolutely nothing to earn a seat at the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
It's all because of what Jesus did. And I want to share some things about grace today. Hebrews 4.16. I know you're familiar with this scripture. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Boldly to the throne of grace. And as I was thinking about that, Jesus came to reveal the Father. And they expected something else. Listen now, because some of us may be there. They expected another revelation of who God is. They knew the God of the law. They knew the God that when Uriah touched the ark, God struck him dead. They knew the God that if you do this, I'm going to do that. That's the God they knew. But the God that Jesus came to reveal was don't worry about touching the ark. Come and sit on it. Come and sit on the ark sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. Don't be scared of the God of the Old Testament who struck Uriah because that God is the God that struck his son, Jesus Christ. And he struck his son, Jesus Christ, to set you free so that you could come and sit and have a place at the table. It says, come boldly through the throne of God. In other words, the word righteous speaks that you're made right with God, but grace means a place of healing for all your emotions. I want to share something with you that we have a lot of things down, but we have a lot of things that have to get down bigger. For example, when we're baptized, according to Matthew 28, we're baptized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're, we know what Jesus did for us, and we know what our baptism in Christ means. And we know what baptism in the Holy Spirit means. But we were singing songs today that is already the message in what God is trying to say. What we need to understand that the revival of Elisha is going to be the hearts of the children being baptized into the heart of the Father. We have to be baptized into the Father and get a revelation of what that type of baptism means. That we are baptized to become one and we are identified with the Father above the Almighty. There is only one name and his name is Jesus wherewith we shall be saved. But we do not only belong to Christ, we belong to the Father because he was so excited to come and reveal the Father so that we can know the Father. I came that you might know the Father, that you may abide in the Father and the Father and I, the Father and I, the Father and I will come and make our abode in thee. There's a baptism in God, which is the, the original identification of being made in the image of God that causes us to walk in what Adam lost. There's a grace that causes us to stand and believe and watch God work in a way that's not known in any way humanity. It's a strength that is able to enable us and there's nothing that we have done to deserve it. It's because of the grace of God that he gives us his strength and his power. He calls us qualified instead of calling us disqualified. Look what it says here. So let us walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy. Somebody shout it out. Take the mercy. Take the mercy and accept the help. Take the mercy and accept the help 
Look at 2 Corinthians here. Chapter 12, verse 9, it says, Each time he said, Paul was saying, take this away from me, take this away from me. Listen, he says, each time he said, my grace is all you, somebody shout it out, need. Somebody shout it out, need. You're going to see this word, the word need and grace go together. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm able to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can come through me, through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're going to make it. When I am weak, I am strong. Can I give you a perfect example of grace? Listen to me. Any couple here right now, and they, they come through here like a whirlwind. Any couple right now, you're having trouble in your marriage. Let me share this with you. You don't have enough love to make your marriage work, and you know that. You're here right now, and you say, but I'm not in love with her anymore. We hear it all the time. I'm not in love with him anymore. That's right. When you're at your weakness, the grace can enable you to make it. Sometimes you have some people say, why am I going through this? Because sometimes you got to get to the darkest place in your life. You have to get to the end where you cannot see no light and no way. You, death resurrects life. You've got to get to the point where you're at your weakest moment for that's when grace comes to work. Because other than that, you're, you're able to do it. This world is so much into comfort. America is so much into comfort. You see the commercials. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, buy this $5,000 mattress. And if you share a mattress with your old lady, then just give her a number and you have a number and you can heat it, you can vibrate it, you can pump it up, you can do anything you want to. Buy our mattress. That's only when you go to bed. We got a chair that you don't even have to use your back to get out. The chair will throw you out. <laughs> we got a chair that you raise the arm, put, you, you put your remote control that operates everything from your chair. And that chair vibrates, that chair heats, that chair does everything. And then we're going to make sure you get in a car where the seats cool and heat. And just, we give you everything you need to get life comfortable and you still live in pain. Because we're going to figure out a way. I got three credit cards. I'm going to max them out. But I tell you what, my life's going to be good. And it's still not good, is it? Because I glory in my weaknesses because that's where I have an encounter with the grace. The strength of God. That's what Paul's saying here. I glory in my weaknesses. Well, how can I get that grace? He says, it's available. You know, you know what grace is? It's happened to us a few times, and it's awesome. When you go to a restaurant, and you're eating, and somebody waves at you or winks at you, and, hey, how you doing? And then when you're through eating, you get up, and you go to the register to pay, and they tell you, it's already been taken care of. Oh, no. Yeah. There was a couple that came and paid for your bill. Well, here, how much is this? I could go pay the tip. No, they paid the tip, too. You mean they paid the meal and the tip? Yeah, they paid everything. And you leave there full and satisfied, and you had nothing to do with the tip or the purchase of the meal. That's what grace is. Don't I have to do this? No, Jesus did it. 
Don't have to do this. No, you're already accepted. You're already loved. You're already justified, and you're not disqualified. That's grace. My grace is enough. Write this down. It causes things to happen that needs to happen that we cannot do. You can't fix your marriage. You can't fix your children. You can't fix your job. We can't fix this nation. But you know what? You know the reason why there's always hope for our nation? It's because there's the grace of God. It's a nation under God. He gave his grace for thee. And no matter what we may be looking at and no matter what we may be surviving, going through, we still haven't got as dark as we may need to get for a revival of grace to hit this land. And understand, it's not what any man, any politician, it's not even what the forefathers said who could get us through. We need a fresh revelation of the power of the God in whom under we believe in and stand and know that it's through the grace of God we are able to stand. And at our weakest moment, when it seems like we're about ready to be crushed to death, God saps the rock and says, no. I still hear my children crying out to me, glory! That's the grace of God. Why do we want it word of grace? We want people to discover God. Amen? At worst, grace, grace is the greatest. Now let me share something with you. I'm not going to be able to preach all this today, but let me just share this with you. It says, come into the throne room of God boldly and confidently. There's the ark. You sit on the ark. And that word there, and the word that Jesus preached about, I want to reveal the Father, is that Jesus, brothers and sisters, he wants you to get an eye view of who God really is. In the throne room, we get a view of God that gives us the strength to believe, to hold on, and endure. You hear? I'll give you an example. I shared Friday night when we were having an awesome time of ministry and God doing something in lives Friday night, the men's meeting. Number of people go to groups that we've known and we know. They go to groups and there's alcoholics, there's drug addicts, there's anger management, there's sexual addictions. You have a whole circle of people sitting around in this school of addictions. And different people are sitting there. And let's say you come in there and you sit down and the professor says, the psychiatrist says, would you please introduce yourself? And you start looking around at the crowd and you're looking down and you're looking around and you start introducing yourself and you start saying, "Um, well, my name is uh, Russell Cobb and uh, I'm in here for uh, anger management. And there's somebody over there, they're texting. There's somebody here, they're just looking around. There's somebody else, they're going, is it my turn? And there's all kinds of people acting different ways. And while you're introducing yourself and you're confessing your fault one to another, that you may be healed. Because the only healing that could come is through a healing of transparency, open your heart. And as you're in this crowd and you're in this circle and you're going around and you look up and you're trying to find somebody who's looking at you in your eyes. And until you find that person, you're looking down, you're looking up, and you feel so uncomfortable. But all of a sudden, your eyes meet. And they lock. And that person's looking at you. And your soul connects. 
and you feel now I can share what I'm going through. And you ignore the one texting and you ignore the one who's in a hurry and you ignore the ones making faces and you ignore the one doodling on the paper. And you look at the one you connect with like I had someone tell me Friday night and so many other times while you're preaching, it feels the crowd just goes to the side and you're looking and you're talking directly in me. Maybe some of you felt that way at a, at a dinner table in a group where you're looking around. If there's just somebody I can connect with because, you know, they're looking around, they're talking. I see that as a preacher. People doing all kind of stuff. But you know why you keep preaching? Because there's those that are looking into my soul. And there's a connection. And I can share what God has given me. And, and, and I, I, I'm not looking at the one who's looking at the time or talking to the old lady or sleeping. Because there's too many. that are looking right in my eyes, connecting with the heart of God. You thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> gotcha. And you connected. So many marriages, they're not happy. Why? The husband's watching football while the wife's talking. There is no connection. Things are happening and there is no connection. But you know what coming to the throne room of God is about? You come in there, and it says the Father is anxiously, anxiously waiting and ready to give you what you ask. And you go in there, and you're in there only because of the blood of Jesus. And you go and you sit on the altar, and you're making eye contact with God. <laughs> and you see the heart of God. You see, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever will believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world like Uriah did. Was but that through him we might be saved. That's grace. Going into the throne room and seeing the eyes of God as Adam did when he opened his eyes and the first thing he saw when he opened his eyes was God because God was right there in his face breathing life That's the grace of God. I'll do for you what you can't do for yourself. Now, I don't have time to go through all this message. It's already almost noon, but don't look because it's not noon yet. <laughs> if I could find this scripture, I'm going to skip over these. Y'all just be patient with me. Those are some good scriptures. Just read them real quick. Oh, as parents feel for their children, 
Gafios. Some of you have had good parents. You know what it's like to go in there and say, Mom, Dad, can I talk to you? They put everything down, they sit down, and they listen. God feels as you parents feel for their children. And he knows the King James Bible, I love what it says, he remembers. But it says here, he knows us inside and keeps in mind or remembers that we are made of mud. There's no looks, no works that can make God make you feel like you are deserved. God just does. And it don't matter how dressed up and how good we smell this morning. You may have Chanel number 55. <laughs> and you may have clothes that stand up on their own. Shoes of the best. You may have everything all together. But he remembers, and you need to know, we're still mud. God is a mud doctor. Yeah, I used to work for mud doctors, and I remembered that. God is a mud doctor. And I don't have mud. I could have got some, but I figured I better not. So I got a ball, ball of yarn right here. You got a sweater on? Brother, Brother Jake has a sweater. You see this sweater? You see a sweater. It's still yarn. You see a sweater. Good one, probably from Express, knowing Jake. Calvin Klein, excuse me, I shouldn't even be touching you. <laughs> Calvin Klein, but he's straight, don't worry about it. <laughs> but you know what? Jake can walk, and a thread can get stuck on this, and he can keep walking without knowing it. And I know I'm messing up everybody on the internet. I know I'm looking dark right now, but that's all right. I've been in the sun. He can get a thread stuck, and he can walk and not notice it. And when he gets there, he's got half an arm. And he looks back. No matter, you call it a sweater, the rip reminds him it's yarn. And when we fall, thank you, Calvin. When we fall and we go, oh, my God, I am so undeserving. He says, I remember something. What, Lord, my sin? No, I remember your dirt. You can put a jewel in the swine's nose and you can dress it up and you can bathe it. And you can put some soap and some perfume on it. And the moment it's loose, it's going back in the mud. We're mud, and he remembers it. I want to share with you, because many of you say, you know what, I'm a horrible parent, I'm a, I'm a horrible person, but I want to share with you. God gave us some role models in Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the hall of faith, but it also can be known as the hall of bozos. Because when you read in there, Abraham was a liar, Isaac was a liar. Jacob was a liar and a womanizer. 
Noah was an alcoholic. Rahab was a harlot. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Samson, oh God. And it goes on and on, and they're still in there as role models for you and I of mud that had faith in grace. And they fell, but they were restored because they believed. God remembers, I'm just mud. Saved by grace. What I can't do for myself God is saying, not only do I want to help you, let me do it. Grace lets God be God. Now, as we dim the lights, I didn't get into this, but I got some more stuff coming later. But on this day, remembering our anniversary, this is all fine and beautiful, awesome, paid for. But I remember back to military highway when I cried because I knew God was punishing me. Eight people, big crowd was 14 people. Out in Cricahute, San Jose, Colombia. We used to go minister to the Mennonites every Tuesday in Central America and Brother uh, Leonard was the pastor there. Mennonite had a real long beard. One day I was standing by him in front of the, behind the pulpit, and I would go minister every uh, Tuesday, and then we started going every uh, Sunday morning. And I remember one day we were right there, and I knocked a cockroach out of his beard. Cockroach was crawling in his beard. I knocked it out, killed it, and he goes, thank you, brother. I got lots of stories. But boy, I tell you, I can remember his hungry eyes. I remember Patricio's hungry eyes. It's been since 1982, 83, 84, all the way now to 2010. I can remember hungry eyes because they got me in my soul and there was a connection. As I saw here today, a godly connection of somebody who's hungry and eating more of God. And just like I wasn't too big to knock that, knock that roach, I wasn't too American and too whatever to knock that roach out of the Brother Leonard's beard. Anytime, at any moment, Jesus is ready to knock anything off of us. Say, that's why I came. I came to remove the sin and remove the burden and remove the stain. 
at church on this 11th year, I can tell you that I love my Lord. I love my Father, His Father. He shares Him with me. And I love and adore the Holy Spirit. And I love what God is doing, but what God is going to do in this area, this region. And I love what God is about ready to do this morning in you. And every eye closed and every head is bowed. The Father's heart was open to you this morning. I feel, I feel His love. I've been feeling it for days. He's been waiting for an encounter this morning with you. And He says, please don't say, my grace tells you, do not say I'm, un- I'm disqualified. Do not say I'm too unholy, unworthy. Do not say I'm too much of a sinner. Do not say I've gone the wrong way too long. Do not say there's no hope for you. Because at your weakest, that's where my grace meets you. And that's my grace is available for you. So if you're here this morning and you say, pray for me because I need an encounter with God today. I need an encounter with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I need to be saved and rescued and renewed. I need to know that my life can be changed I need Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand, please? Right now, just raise your hand. Anyone here at all? Just raise your hand real high. Real high so I can see anyone at all. Over here, there's one. God bless you. I see. God bless you. God bless you. I see you too, sis. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else today? Over here. Over here. Yes, another one. Over here, another one. I want to encounter with the grace of God. God bless you. I see that hand. Over here, another one. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else here today? Over here in the middle. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. There's a connection. God bless you. God sees you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. He sees and knows your inward person. And he says, don't worry, I remember where you came from but I'm going to teach you to remember who you can become in Christ. Anyone else today? I need Jesus. Anyone else? I need him as my Savior. I want to ask prayer team, would you please come? Get ready. And I want those who raised their hand. There's been a number of them. You raised your hand. Come. Come. Come and stand with one of these that are up here today. Come. Come and stand. And let us pray for you. Let us lead you in a prayer. Come publicly. Come publicly to let the Father and all of heaven know and all of hell know that hell's been disqualified this day to touch you, to ruin you. Because Jesus wants to become the banner of love over your life and rescue and save you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Please, we all all are in need of grace and strength today. Come and stand up here. Come and stand up here. Come, come. There are hands that were raised all over this today. From every area, come, come, come. Saints, bow your head, close your eyes and pray. Just pray. If you see somebody coming that you know, come with them. Come encourage them. Come stand with them. Come, come, come. They don't have to come alone. If You could come with them. I want a lady behind every lady and a man behind every man and just hold them, hold them. Hold them in arms of grace today. Come, my dear sister, yes. Come, come. Yes, yes, you raised your hand too. God bless you. 
Both of y'all are coming. Come. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come. Come. Come to the altar. Anyone else today? Oh, hallelujah. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. When I'm at my weakest, you can make me strong. Come, sis. Come. Come and you and your child have a new future today. Come, sweetheart. Anyone else? Anyone else today? You want a new beginning? You want something fresh in your life? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you look at me for just a moment? Just look at me for just a moment. God was looking at you and speaking in your eyes to connect, to bring you out, to heal you and to save you, give you a new beginning. Can I tell you something? No matter what you've done, just look at me for a moment. Sister Luella, could they look at me for just a moment, please? I want everybody to be on this. I, I, I want you to know, would you look at me? Listen to this. God is not angry with you. God is not mad at you. He hasn't given up on you. Grace is telling you right now, he has not given up on you. And you know what else God is wanting to tell you today? I will not give up on you. I will not give up on you. <laughs> love unmeasurable. A love so deep, a love so divine. That's the love of God. And the word of God says for us to believe with our hearts. So would you put your hands upon your heart? And the word of God says to confess with our mouth. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me and confess today your sins. And he will forgive you. And he will heal you. And he will call you his own forever. It's a marriage. But God does not believe in divorce. He'll never divorce you. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I surrender to you today just as I am. Forgive me of all my sins, all my errors, and all the wrong I've ever done. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Save me. Heal me. And deliver me from all sin. Wash me that I may be white as snow. I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. And Heavenly Father, my heart is joined to yours. You're my Father. And Holy Spirit, you live and breathe in me. You guide me, teach me, and lead me in the way of peace. I thank you today. In the name of Jesus, I am saved. I am born again. I am a new creation. 
in Christ Jesus. Amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Y'all give these people a hug. Bless you, James. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. All the way from Texas. God bless you. God bless you. Shout out. They're overcomers. Let's stand up and let's give these saints a hand of the Most High God. God bless you, my brother. Welcome. Love you, man. I love you. Love you. God bless you, sir. Let's give Jesus the glory, the glory, the glory. Justified, redeemed, saved, born again. God bless you, my sister. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We had an answer fall fest tonight. We're going to dismiss in prayer. We love you. Don't forget tonight, I want you to come back and celebrate with us uh, and have an awesome time tonight. We got uh, something planned for the kids, our fall fest. So I want you to bring all your kids and grandkids to come and have a good time. They're going to be having some great activities for them outside tonight. Starts at 6 o'clock. Father, right now, we just thank you so much, Lord, for... Lord, drawing these back to your heart, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for your grace. Lord, it's by your grace that we are saved. It's by your grace that we can stand, Lord, firmly, trusting in faith, Lord God, that we have an eternity with you, Lord. And God, we thank you so much for the promises that that are, are ahead of us, Lord. We thank you so much for the future that you have planned out for us, God. And I ask God that you would just bless every person, every heart, every family, every mother, father, son, daughter, brother, sister. Lord, we just thank you for them, Lord. We ask you to bring families closer together, restore homes, restore lives. In your holy name we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen.